dear listeners and viewers, I'm your host, Jason Johnston Yellen. Can you tell that, uh, Je- Jess, uh, can you tell that I am Jason Johnston, ne- Jason Neal, Patrick Harris Johnston Yellen due to my, my flowing white hair? Yeah, I was unsure if it was that or if it was maybe nativity season came early in America <laughs> and you're pretending to be one of the wise shepherds. 50-50. Could go either way here. Well, we had to get here early. Travel's been difficult. I brought the frankincense. Uh, buddy of mine brought some myrrh. And uh, and then there's the third thing. I, I think it might be just Gold. like a, some maltsters or something. Malteasers. Malteasers. Yeah, Traditionally, yeah. Jesus was very into Maltesers. <laughs> he was very into Maltesers. Here, let me let me take this off. You, you know, here's the sad thing, Jess. There are certain <gasps> people... It's Joshua. Oh, yeah, it's I'm so me. confused. Sorry. <laughs> I, I always had a sneaking suspicion that you two were the same person. <sighs> I know. It's like, it's like Michael and Latoya Jackson. People have never seen them together because maybe they were the same person. <laughs> Is that really a comparison you two wanted? <laughs> Yeah, Could maybe be not. Could be it's also it's also not the most like like contemporary example. I, I've just brought an example from nineteen ninety eight. Um, so listen, Jess, and 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 list and dear listeners and viewers, I, I almost feel sad for our listeners because they didn't get to see my impeccable, absolutely impeccable. Jason Neal, Patrick Harris, Johnston Yellen impression. They can come to the YouTubes and see that. They can. They can. But but I'm gonna I'm gonna give our listeners the opportunity really quickly before we get into the conversation, which because we do, we've got this right tight 35 minutes. Right tight. But I wanted to give both our listeners and you, Jess, the opportunity. For for another impression. Now you told me before we hit record that you had you had caught some shit for your I would call it wonderful Michael Caine impression. No, it wasn't. No, it was not. I'm actually never allowed to go to England again. <laughs> An official letter. Don't come here. South of you know the border. If you set foot in Carlisle, that's it. <laughs> so. I'm going to help you with your Michael Caine impression. I'm going to help you and the listeners and viewers with the Michael Caine impression. This is, there's a very specific, specific, there's a very specific way to say Michael Caine in the way Michael Caine says Michael Caine. You ready? Mm -hmm. Two words. And it's not Michael Caine. Two words. My... Go ahead. My. My. Cocaine. Cocaine. Now all together. My cocaine. My cocaine. There mm, you go. Mm, no? Mm. I, I feel on. like we're only, we're worsening this, Joshua. We're making uh, it worse. All right. Okay. Let's, it, and you know, to be honest, this is not an episode of Extra Extra. This is, sorry, this is not an episode of One Nation. This is an episode of Extra Extra. Where we can't be so extra, extra, we've got to keep it about the news. So here we are. Got to keep it a tight 35. Thank tight goodness. 35. <laughs> so with today's episode, um, 
you know, we Jason and I mentioned it in in our previous extra extra where it's the summertime and whiskey news stories aren't uh, they're not so plentiful. So you got to kind of pick and choose. And, and there's actually uh, there's actually a story that we're keeping a keen eye on, and that's Skagit Valley Maltings, uh, who, who recently shuttered. Now we got wind of that maybe two, three weeks ago when, whenever it mm-hmm. happened. And, and really not much news has come out since then. So I guess we're going to call that sort of a, a story that we'll continue to watch. Um, but yesterday or, or no, this morning I was looking uh, through the spirits business and I saw an article about the Glenallachie opening up a visitor center. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the tune of 600,000 pounds, which to my mind seems like an awful lot of money. And then you were so kind to explain to me, Joshua, dear Joshua, that is not an awful <laughs> lot of money. But I, but I wanted to talk about that a little bit. So I thought what we should do, Jess, mm-hmm. is just have a, vo- a focus on distillery visitor center and, and what that means for for whiskey and the whiskey industry. Sound cool? That sounds like a great idea. So the article itself uh, shows up in the spirits business and and the article I think it's just titled, hold on, let me figure this out. Uh, it's just titled Glenallachy Visitor Center Gets 600,000 pound upgrade. And the main interviewee is uh, Tracy Seller. And I don't know if that's a man or a woman, so I'll just say they for now. Unless you know Tracy. Do you know Tracy? don't think so. I may have met them in passing. Okay. I've met a few uh, of the Glenallachy staff. Yeah, I just, you know, I know Ronan and, and I know uh, Andrew over there. And, and I've met Billy once and a few other people there. But Name dropping. I didn't realize just, I needed yeah. to get out my Panini sticker book of Glenallachy staff. <laughs> To which we need oh, did to add. I drop something? Yeah, yeah. Ooh. We was need that, to add in the lovely Karen, and we need to add in um, Juliet, <laughs> who, of course, is the ambassador. She's fantastic. So, All right. There's, there's a okay. whole tribe of them over there. That's a collective well, of whiskey people's a tribe. I think so. I think so. It's a tribe. Oh, I like that. A tribe called Whiskey. They were my favorite uh, rap band out of the 90s. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> So one of the things that Tracy highlights um, about the Visitor Center is they've got a new whiskey bar, and between both the outdoor and indoor space, they can allow 100 people at one time. They're going to continue expanding the Visitor Center, uh, which sounds like they're going to have a few more people. But you know, have, you, have you been to Glenallachy before? I have. I've been a couple of times. I think the last time I was there was December mm-hmm. um, and we went up and it was very, very snowy. In fact, I wasn't convinced we were going to make it to the distillery because I don't have the world's most practical car for snow. So uh, it was a bit touch and go, but we did make it to the distillery and they had just cleared all of the um, car parks. So there was a little space for us to go in and have a little uh, nosy around. But I've been, yeah, I've been to a couple of times. Um, and this news is very exciting to me uh, because they had a lovely shop that you could try a couple of things in, but I felt like we were just kind of clutching the place up. So yeah. I do have having like a destination that you can go to 
try some things. And obviously that's great news for the distillery because that's going to encourage people to buy more stuff. But the idea that you could sit down and try um, a rack of uh, Glenallachies all at once sounds like a lot of fun and a very wise decision. I think now that people are starting to travel more and mm. after COVID we're starting to see a lot more of the kind of whiskey tourism come back and people traveling around to visit distilleries and that kind of stuff. So I think that's great news. I think it's great too. Um, when you were there in December, were they, were they building it out at that time or had they not even started production? Um, they could have been doing it secretly. Um, I didn't ask them what their building plans were, but nothing yeah. that I saw suggested that they were building a visitor center. So I also think this is pretty fresh news. So perhaps it was rolling in the pipelines somewhere in the back. That wasn't something that was conveyed uh, to us. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, when I told you, you know, 600,000 pounds and you said, oh, there's, you know, it's that, that's great. And it's going to be a, a wonderful addition to the distillery, but it's not a lot of money. It, it seems like a lot, but it's not a lot. And then I was reminded, <laughs> but then I was reminded that Aberfeldy just in 2014, 2015, somewhere around there, spent 2 million pounds on, on doing their visitor center. Sort of, I, I think my understanding sort of broadening that, that John Dewar's sort of blend experience. Yeah. Um, Jason and I went there in 2019, I think. Okay. Um, and that is, yeah, that's kind of like a whole setup. They have a cinema, they have like a kind of peep into the old blending lab. Like you can see that there was some real money spent mm -hmm. there. I, I also, just in case any of the nice Glenallachy tribe stumble across us, I'm not suggesting that they're cheapskates and they should have, you know, spent <laughs> a bit more. Um, but just as a figure, I, I guess maybe I'm used to seeing uh, some of the announcements where they're really like, the, it's mega heavy investment money. £600,000 to me seems like a very sensible um, investment. Whereas mm. sometimes you see figures which make me think, I, I can't even imagine what that sort of money looks like. So the number I threw back at you was this idea that in 2018, Diageo had made an announcement that they were going to spend £150 million across their Johnny Walker Four Corners distilleries and uh, Princess Street um, experience in Edinburgh, which when wow. you go to those, you can see like Scary Biscuits money has been spent on these <laughs> experiences so, so it is, <laughs> i feel like i need to use that all the time i really i still don't even know what i i what, don't even know where real, i've got that from but it's the thing i've said for biscuits. a long time somebody's obviously said that to me once yeah scary biscuits money i like that so a hundred and fifty thousand a hundred and fifty million pounds mm -hmm. now Diageo money is quite a bit different than privately held right. single distillery money. Like I, I totally get that. Um, you've been to some of the Johnny Walker ones. Yeah, I'm trying to take them off. All uh, right, just, so give just us because I'm, I'm really interested in it. So I've done Prince's Street in Edinburgh, which mm -hmm. is an amazing, uh, very modern take on how to present whiskey to people. Obviously, heavy emphasis on the Johnny Walker brand and the blends. But they are also telling the story of those component distilleries that make up Johnny Walker. Hmm. Uh, and I have been to Kleinleash and Kalila as well, who form part of this Four Corners collection. Of Johnny so, Walker. 
so you and I and and a host of other people uh, back in 2017 during the Great Isla Swim uh, were at the distillery, um, and and that was prior to any of the construction that they did to build out that that visitor center. Yeah. Let me ask you a, a question here. Now, now getting to Kalila Distillery, it's not the easiest thing in the world. You've got that long, you know, weird road you've got to go down. A, describe to me the visitor center as you remember it. And if you know sort of the the, the numbers they're expecting to receive. And have they made any changes to the road that gets you down there to, to help with that? Yeah. So I don't know about what kind of numbers they anticipate coming over. Um, obviously, this year for the festival was the first time during the festival that they were open. So the old Kalila, if you haven't, if maybe the listeners slash viewers hadn't been, you came down a very steep road that had a really tight hairpin bend. And then you came along the waterfront and it was kind of the shop. There was a little room. There wasn't much to it. And they had, you know, you could see the buildings, you could see production, mm -hmm. and you've got that amazing view across over to Jura. Very mm -hmm. pretty. Yeah. Uh, what they've done now is they've made it so you, um, that big warehouse, if you remember, as you came down that fine, once you've done the hairpin bend, as you come mm -hmm. down, that used to be warehousing and they've taken that all out. That's now the visitor center. And to oh. access that, you actually access it from the top of the hill. So you kind of come down into the top of the building. I'm doing hand signals for people who are listening. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that it comes down the, the top. So you come in through the top of the building. So I think for accessibility, it's probably a lot better. They still have, um, for people who need fully ground level access, you can go and park down the front and there's a lift and they take you up into the building. Um, but oh. for everybody else, they've made it so you park at the top of the hill, which I think is a great idea because mm -hmm. that is a scary hill to come down. And mm -hmm. I am a regular driver. Uh, if you're visiting Scotland and perhaps you're still getting the hang of like our horrible windy roads, um, you are, um, that's taken away. You've got a nice car park, very easy to do. And then you just, they've got a lovely walkway and you come down that building. So you actually get to admire more of what the production area where the distillery and the still house is. You kind of, as you're walking down, you're sort of looking out into it. Um, and then you come in and they've got a big expanse of a retail. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you call it, retail experience. Uh, and they've got a, a massive bar, which you can have... Oh, pretty much the full okay. spectrum of everything Diageo. So obviously there's lots of lovely Kalilas, mm -hmm. but it gives you a chance to try other things within the family. And they do like nice charcuterie boards, snacks. Um, and they also do something which I think I'm going to repeat a few times in our Type 35, which is mm -hmm. um, they are really good and they're very proactively thinking about people who are not drinking. So for me, a mm. lot of the time when I'm going to visit centres, if I've got lots of lovely friends that come over and want to be shown around, somebody eventually has to be the sucker who is the driver. Um, and I think really what uh, visitor centers, and I hope Glen Allake have thought about this hard, to me what makes a great visitor center is something that makes the whole group feel welcome. So not just yeah. the whiskey drinkers and the obvious people who are there to drink the whiskey or learn about the brand or you know, tick off a distillery on their list, but the poor souls, the tortured souls who have to come and kind of either only experience some of it. And if you're lucky, 
Um, lots of distilleries are really good at driver's drams and, you know, um, package it. So you can, you can go and enjoy that experience and take part in a tour, see mm. production, go to a warehouse, and then they'll give you little samples to take home so you can drink later. Um, or also just catering for people who uh, have no ingestion. Sorry, live from Glasgow. <clears throat> uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> They've come to get me for saying 600 grand wasn't enough. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not, it's fine, it's fine. Um, I have um, a lovely pair of friends and uh, my friend, he's very interested in whiskey. He's definitely a self-certified whiskey nerd. His wife doesn't drink and has no interest in whiskey. So her uh, evaluation of what makes for a good a distillery center is somewhere she can prop up in the corner with a book and have somebody bring her tea and some sort mm. of chocolates and snacks. Um, and really keep the, the designated driver slash the not whiskey person happy. And I, I think that's some of the best visitor centers I've been to have been really smart and that's front and center. So places like, um, when I took a group of friends to Ben Rieck distillery as the driver, they were immediately like, we'll get you tea and biscuits. Like, which meant that I was then, you know, stationed so that I wasn't kind of watching everyone being like. Uh, so then you're probably you go. going to get friends yeah. who are going to order another dram from the bar. Maybe they're going to pick up another bottle because they've had a chance to try a few more expressions. Yeah. Yep. So like yep. to me, I think in 2023, uh, a canny distillery visitor center are definitely very aware of that, of offering, not just being like, oh, you don't want whiskey well, you can just, you can sit over there. Yeah. So I think that's that's really important to me. And all the good places I've been recently offer that. I had a great time at Glendronach. They've done something similar. They've put in a very like luxurious bar area and you can do like a couple of different flight options mm. uh, where they have like, there's a really good one where they've paired it with chocolates and they were quite happy to let me have the mm. whiskey's takeaway drams. So I just sat and ate the chocolates oh, and okay. stole everyone else's chocolates. <laughs> um looking at the the picture of the visitor center that they put up on the spirits business minus the the crazy decanters and <laughs> and some of the other sort of uh, historical bit historical bits and bobs and the view across the water the glenalkey visitor center hat has a, a Bamore visitor center feel to it from the picture. It's very, very yeah. cozy, uh, a, a bit plain, but not nice and nice and cozy and, and a really nice relaxed feel to it. So like I'm with you, I, think I was, was there clean, like a clean, yeah, yeah, quite, quite clean. Not fussy. Yeah. And I, again, I definitely yeah. think that's the way a lot of um, these experiences are kind of moving away from this, you know, everybody's seen it, the kind of tartan, shortbread tin style imaging, you know, like stag type stuff. Yeah. Uh, and Glen Allocky have that fantastic view out the back of the distillery. Like that's the kind of view that you want to sit with a dram, take advantage of the environment. You know, you've got probably the best advisors that you can have because you've got Glen Allocky staff who that can talk to you about what you're drinking and really help you kind of I, I think every distillery who are offering this want it to be like they're offering you the ultimate, what's the ultimate distillery experience that you can have is mm. to be there enjoying it with the right people around you. And I, I think, I think yeah. it's really smart for them to put one in. Be very cool. Uh, definitely so, it'll be on my list to go and visit. Let me ask you a question. Um, when I think of visitor centers, 
I often think of like distillery visitor center. I often think of them as places for people to visit. And these people are fans of that distillery, right? They've heard about it. They know about it. They've had whiskeys from that distillery. And so they're going to check it out. I don't necessarily think about it as, as a place to go. Like if I hadn't heard of that place, I may not go there. And, and I'm just sort of, that isn't necessarily me, but I can see some people thinking that way. Yeah, up in Speyside, they have something called the Speyside Whiskey Trail. I may have okay. phrased that wrong. But it, it means that like um, in the UK, um, when you're driving on the roads, you'll probably sometimes see these like brown signs and they're kind of like tourists um, mm. or like points mm -hmm. of interest. Mm -hmm. So they're up in Speyside that it shows you, you can do the, I think it's a malt whiskey trail. I think that's the name of it. There's a malt whiskey trail and a castles trail. So there's like regular brown signposts because oh. obviously a lot of these distilleries in Speyside are nestled away in the hills because traditionally that's, you know, a lot of them have origins of, sure. they want it to be not on the main drag of a road. They want it to be hidden away. And because of all the historical, uh, before everyone had licenses, you're all hiding from the excise man. <laughs> so yeah. I think it's quite easy. Glenallachy is on one of the, um, the main roads that you go through when you're driving through Speyside, you turn off then up to the distillery. So it's not too hidden away. Um, and they do have a big brown sign at the bottom pointing you in the right direction. Uh, but I guess maybe um, it depends. I mean, I, I also don't, from what I've read, um, in the spirits business article, I don't get the feeling they're trying to draw in everybody who passes the road. I think they're trying to offer an experience of people who want to get to know the brand, not necessarily yeah. people who are driving past being like, yeah, another distillery. Um, oh, I kind of like but that. Maybe though. they are. Yeah. I feel like if those yeah. people fell into the distillery, they would be made to feel very welcome. Uh, yes. Yeah. Obviously that's, you know, that's a even better audience to have in somebody who's got no perception at all, rather than somebody who's turning up with uh, maybe a notion of what they think they're going to get. But I, I feel like there's enough movement happening around in Speyside as, as an example of somewhere where obviously you've got a high sure. density of distilleries in a not massive uh, map space. Sure. There's plenty to go and see. Well, I, yeah, you know, it, it's it's interesting. When I first made that statement, I, I don't know that I was necessarily thinking properly. Like, here we are now. We, we've ju we've just come out of COVID, and and people are are traveling quite a lot. One thing I hear from every person on your side of the pond that I that I speak with who's connected to a distillery, they're saying we're getting flooded by visitors. Whether it's a distillery or, or some other site, there's just a lot of people from the U.S. coming over, a lot of people just from everywhere coming over. And and it got me thinking about what we have. Well, I'll speak for Connecticut, where I am. I don't really care about wine too much. It doesn't excite me. I don't seek it out. But there have been multiple times where Haida and I say, we've got it. You know, we've got nothing going on. Let, let's do a wine tour. Let's just hit a bunch of vineyards and and stop there, get a snack, maybe try a little wine flight, have another snack so we're not feeling too too loopy, and and, and move on and, and try some more some more wine and maybe check out what their vineyard looks like, hear about their practices. Like it's just a thing to do, 
even though we don't really care too much about wine and and it's you know it's interesting coming from our perspectives where our livelihoods depend on whiskey and our passions are whiskey based we're we may not be the primary target for yeah. for who Glen Alki are looking for or who for who Kalila and and Cardu and you know and you know the Johnny Walker experience tours we're we're not necessarily the people they're looking for I guess I, I guess that's why lots of distilleries offer this kind of multi level of experience you get your basic five ten pound tour you know like hello this is a distillery we make it using these things blah blah blah. Um, whereas like obviously it's obviously a busy day in Glasgow to there me. is um, there's, you know, like, in Glasgow you have a way of like stepping up then okay well we've done a few distilleries or maybe even on this we're here in Scotland for a while we've done a couple we don't want every distillery to go in and be this is what a mash tun looks like like sure mm. I think as a um, a whiskey geek it is interesting to see the kind of intricacies of different distilleries but you're not necessarily going to want to commit to doing a tour in each one. So maybe going into Glenallachie and being able to sit down and have a flight of Glenallachie uh, staff picks or, you know, a, an experience through different vintages of Glenallachie. You know, you, you've still been an experience what the distillery has to offer without mm. being the people who are kind of, you know, on their fifth tour that week of this yeah. is what our still house looks like. So I, I think it's very... Um, I think the industry is quite clever. They look at lots of different angles. That's not just maybe catering to me and you, but people who are, you know, sliding up and down that scale of whiskey knowledge and whiskey interest. Um, I am getting mm. maybe two, if not more requests a week from people being like, Hey, I'm coming to Scotland. What should I do? To the point where, and I was talking to Mariella about this of Aaron fame the other week. Um, mm -hmm. we're just going to start creating PDF documents and sending them to people. <laughs> And like, this is where you go. This is where you stay. Um, there's a, a guy that we drink at his beer bar here in Glasgow. who's fantastic. Runs a little shop called Grunting Growler. He has um, hmm. like a notes thing and he will airdrop hmm. you because he gets so many people being like, oh, where else should we drink when we're here? You know, what's good to eat? He can just airdrop to you the list. Ah, that's great. So we, Marielle and I were like, we should start. Here's the top five distilleries we think you need to see. This is a kind of tour you should book. When you're in Glasgow, this is where you should stay. Like it's mm. it's huge. Whiskey tourism doesn't just stop at we went to a distillery and we bought two hand fills. It's also maybe some of the distilleries have restaurants like uh Glen Turret has the fantastic uh connection with Lalique and they have a Michelin mm -hmm. star. So that's very high end. That's not just a snack and a dram. That's sure. a very yeah, yeah. you can have a very serious dinner at it. Um, the Diageo ones are offering, you know, like charcuterie platters and cheeses where they've got like pairings. So that's a snack that's not maybe just a like a munch. It's a, a considered mm. pairing. Um, McAllen do um, works with, they've got a couple of chocolate ones and they've got like a restaurant downstairs as well. So it's not uncommon, I think, for distilleries to think slightly further than, hi, thanks for visiting us. Please buy this bottle. Ciao. Like it's, it's about how to create a positive experience and not only do they get the bonus of maybe a few more pounds, but then they've created little mini ambassadors who go out into the real world exactly. and like, I had a great time yeah. at Glenallachie. You have to go there. So yep. it's, it's a kind of investment in 
future people who then, when they've returned home to Connecticut or Timbuktu or wherever, and they walk into a store and they're like, oh, that's a Glenallachy 15. I had such a good time with them. I should grab another bottle. I, I love it's like that. A future it's, either, investment. it's either Connecticut or Timbuktu. It's, it's where else one, do people come from? <laughs> but, but what you're saying here, I think is, is a perfect connection to the, the folks at Pindaren, right? Where, not only did they create a really nice visitor's experience for their main distillery, which is just maybe 20, 30 minutes north of, of Cardiff, they've built two other distilleries within the country, giving people three places to visit to get that to get that experience to be made to feel special for, for coming out. And, you know, maybe they grab a bottle and, and I'm sure, I'm sure that's important to, to any distillery or, or any large company where they're buying a bottle to then open and share with others. But yeah, I think your point's a good one where they want to create, they want to create a way in which people come back and say, I've just gone and visited distillery X and holy crap, I'm not even the biggest whiskey fan, but that was awesome. And just because of the experience, it makes the whiskey taste that much better. It's kind of like, you know, going to a distillery and, and you know, going around the warehouses and tasting from the cask, like for whatever yeah. reason, the whiskey simply tastes better when, when you're at the distillery in the warehouse and you come back saying great things because the romance of that experience. Yeah, I think it's a much more, um, ooh, I don't know what fancy word I want to use, but the idea is like a tangible, you can pour a whiskey and be like, oh, so I had this and it was poured for me by the senior tour guide or, you know, like mm. one of the uh, distillery legends who mm -hmm. uh, took us round. Like, you know, it's a way of sharing a story, which again, I think is one of the fundamental things whiskey is about, is about sharing experiences. And what better way than if you're going home to either Connecticut or Timbuktu to take your bottle with you and be like, so when I was at Kalila, this is who I spoke to. This is what they told us about this whiskey. You know, and most distilleries will have something you can only pick up in person there. So the mm. only way that you can share this whiskey with your friends was I went to the distillery and that doesn't yeah. matter whether it's, you know, in Scotland or America or Sweden or Wales, you know, like it's a, a little snippet of a thing you did. I yeah. think it's a better version of when I was a child, I used to have to sit through various aunties and uncles showing you their holiday photographs, physical photographs, children. That is what we actually had. <laughs> and you'd get another bloody packet with Kodak on it. Oh yeah. And this is when we, ooh, oh, and this is the rain on days one to 16. Like, oh. whereas I think, you know, being, having a nice whiskey show with everyone, much more exciting than flipping through. Well, I was going to, I was going to actually name an aunt and uncle then <clears throat> at their holiday in France. Yep. So I'm pretty safe. I don't think they're listening, but just in case. You could just take, just take names from the Roger Rabbit movie and, and just, uh, you know. Shit, if I'd been quick nice. enough, that's what I would have done. You're Jessica Rabbit Lomas. I mean, I've been hoisted. On. I've been hoisted by this. Quick, move on from the horrible <laughs> holiday photographs. I actually, when I was in Sweden a couple of weeks ago, which we were talking about in the pre, in the One Nation Under Whiskey podcast, mm -hmm. uh, there was a guy who we were sharing jams with one night who had just come back from Wales and had brought his Penderen bottle that he bought at the distillery to share. Ah, so I thought that was pretty cool. Beauty. What was the bottle? It was one remember? of the club releases. 
Uh, ah, I think it was in okay. Madeira. It's in a lovely blue box, like a yes, kind of so, yep. blue box. Yeah, it's very nice. So yep. yeah, I just thought that was really funny. Like having so I and he had been there. He was like, I've just come back. So this is what I yeah. brought back to show people. So there you go. I think it's a way of sharing memories, and I think it's a great way of tying you back into. Like I think whiskey's quite tribal. That's why it's a tribe of people. Mm-hmm. People they form very strong attachments based on. You know, quite often if they had a great distillery experience or, you know, somebody really looked after them. Quite often when you're still like forming your basic whiskey knowledge and your whiskey opinions. Well, I went to like one of my friends who's, you know, Brocladi till he dies. It's because he went to the distillery and they, he and his friends were looked after by them, by Brocladi all day. So they left absolutely converted to the church of Brocladi. Yeah. And maybe if they had gone to... A another distillery and they'd had the same treatment possibly they would have come out being in that camp instead but it was Brooklady they were at they loved the liquid they were drinking they just found it really enlightening they hadn't really liked whiskey on the way in and they walked out absolutely mm. convinced that whiskey was the bee's news so yeah it 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 reminds me years years ago 2005 2006 I don't know I don't know what year it was but when my whiskey journey first started, I'd somehow gotten connected to David Blackmore of, of Glen Morangy and Ardbeg. And he was just really kind to just, you know, take a little time with me and talk to me about Glen Morangy. And, and it was that it was just someone taking a few minutes to, to give me a bit of information and, and help me out. And, you know, Glen Morangy remains one of my favorite distilleries i think they're producing solid liquid that just it sits with me and does it sit with me because it's great or does it sit with me because of that experience or, or both I, I don't know but i'll always have right. that connection back to glenn morangy like that's my that's my start in my whiskey journey and that's the same for me when i um when i get uh i get the mick taken out me a little bit for my love of glenfiddich it's the same thing it's because my parents used to take us to the distillery my non-drinking parents they go as an interesting demographic of uh, whiskey (laughs) distillery visitors my non-drinking parents used to take us to the distillery to do the tour my mum would pretend she was driving spoiler alert she definitely wasn't driving but so that they would get the little miniature to take oh, home because so she didn't want to tell them she didn't like whiskey because she's too nice, unlike me. <laughs> so they would give her the little miniature uh, one and then serve her an orange juice in a whiskey tumbler. And we were like, ha ha, it's like orange juice flavored whiskey. How we all laughed. Um, so did your dad drink? My dad did occasionally drink. He would have a little, I, I don't have any memories at all of him drinking whiskey voluntarily. Okay. Like he didn't okay. even really like, didn't even drink our whiskey. So, um, but they just, they didn't, like, you know, if there's a celebration and my mum, you can talk her into a glass of, like, champagne maybe, but by and large, no. So the idea that they were taking us to this visitor centre and this distillery experience was because it was educational, because my parents have no chill, so it had to be educational. You could do it, you could take the kids in. It was one of the few distilleries mm. when I was growing up that let children in. And crucially, as people on holiday from Yorkshire, it was free. <laughs> Uh, but then of course that's so that you exited through the gift shop which we always bought stuff in you know by then the kids are hungry so they needed lunch so we sat down and had probably a baked potato or something you know like there's a way of eking out money if it's not necessarily that we went to the shelf and got a bottle and brought it home with us 
So there's there's additional spend you can work in there. So as a yeah. business, it makes sense. And then yeah. from the age of about seven onwards, every year, my mom was like, can you just take her away? And that's because sure. my mom liked that they all, all the tour guides wore just kilts. Take just her away. have her. Just please take her away. Please take her away. You kept, you kept returning somehow though, Jess. They right. drove as far as Speyside for Yorkshire. It's like, just yep. take her away. It was a choice to leave me at the distillery or at the riding stable in Tariff. <laughs> like it was one of like, just please just have space for her in the car, taking her home. Like, yeah. So I, I think whiskey tourism is probably much bigger than on the face of it. We think about it. It's not just about mm. whiskey nerds. It's about groups of people, you know, like there are lots of, um, tour companies, you know, you can call up and arrange for like a five day, 10 day, whatever excursion where they'll sure. take you in like little mini buses around Scotland to tick off, you know, you've got a castle, a locker, distillery. And, um, but there are increasingly also, um, that I've seen, I've seen them advertising, you know, like whiskey tours, you know, they will take you to distilleries and have arrangements with, um, like, you know, local hotels and B&Bs. So it's, you just turn up, put yourself on the bus and go, just like our Whiskey Geek tours, you know that. Yep, exactly. They may never have been to Scotland before, but they, you know, they have a few malts that they're fond of and they want to come to Scotland and see what it's all about. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely not surprised by whiskey tourism or, or the, the increase of it. In fact, like, you brought up whiskey geek tours like 2024 is a year in which I think we want to increase what we're doing with our own tour company. Um, but you mentioned something earlier oh, when you were talking about Glenn Fittick and, and, and showing up and your mom getting a bit of orange juice in the tumbler and coming away with the, with the little mini and all that. One thing that I, that I'm near certain wasn't happening then but I know is happening now is is as these distilleries are either building at new visitor centers or just making upgrades to their distilleries, period, there's this focus on, on sustainability, this focus on limiting yeah. carbon emissions and, and so on. And I know it mentions in the article that Glen Alkey has a focus on, on their sustainability efforts. They're going to be using some of the heat from the stills to from the still house to warm the visitor center. I don't think that's new to to Glen Allakey. I mean, the distillery was built um, as a gravity fed distillery. Like it re, in sixty seven, sixty eight, it was really ahead of its time from a from the perspective of let's expend less energy to make liquid. So there were actually no pumps in the distillery at that time. It was all, it was all gravity fed, which is part of the reason like when you went into the still house and you saw the horizontal condensers, that, that was part of their, their efforts to, to gravity feed their, their spirit and not have to use pumps and such. But but just sort of all around, you you hear more and more about distilleries, including sustainability, and really highlighting it. Not just not just um, doing it for the sake of having a story, but you've got distilleries yeah. like Arden Merkin and Nicknean, um, who who are making it part of their their ethos. Is that something you're you're seeing beyond? Definitely, the two and I that also I saw it when I was in um, when I was in Finland in. 
May, I went to Kira Distillery. So people mm. will have heard me talking previously about my love for Kira, the rye rye people, mm. uh, who for uh, my money make the best rye whiskey, period. K-Y-R-O, Kira. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's got a umlaut on the... On the, the O? o. Yeah. Oh. Uh, or ooh. Ooh, Kira. Um, you have to do it as a you know Finnish man, which I'm not very good at, as we know, impressions. <laughs> Moving on. Um, but they had um, you know electric vehicle charging at the distillery. I think that's increasingly something you're going to see. Um, Aaron yes, have just put in. Yeah. yeah, Glen Allocky. Aaron have done it when I was there. I'm trying to think who else I've been to recently. Ardenberg, and obviously because uh, famously the guys have Teslas, so they need somewhere to charge that. Mm, um, yeah. Yeah, these, these far out guys, I also think they should, for, until the rest of us are converted to electric cars, there should also be an Arden American petrol station. That's a really long way, really long way out. You need to make sure you filled your tank before you get there. Um, yeah, I think that's, it's a smart move again, you know, of maybe kind of trying to offset that a lot of these distilleries, when they're in far out places that people have traveled distances to get to, I guess it's a way of kind of thinking about how that works mm. um, on a more environmental basis yes i think that's a global thing too if kira are thinking about that kind of thing i can imagine there are plenty of other distilleries who also have electric charging options available for visitors uh as someone who doesn't have an electric car it's not something i pay massive attention to i'm pretty sure glenfiddich have them um i'm sure all over space side they have them sure i'm not sure about i'm not sure about an isla whether or not anybody has them yet there are charging points, but not distilleries that I've seen. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you if, if maybe they included it in in Kalila. Maybe with they the did. new build out. Not sure. Don't quote me on that. Um, yeah, I think it's something we are going to see increasingly as people think about, um, you know, saving energy. Where can we offset carbon? Um, mm. The reuse of energy that you've just talked about, Glenallachie, of course, like Bowmore, famous for donkey's ears they've been using their excess heat to heat the swimming pool next door yes that's that, that's that so i knew that that was a thing that remains a thing that is so cool yeah, yeah pretty cool and i don't know if this i think they stopped it but glengarry used to uh, have a greenhouse that was heated using the surplus heat from the uh, uh, okay. still house they were famous for growing tomatoes at one point which, okay. if you've been to that corner of Aberdeenshire, it's really not hot and sunny enough to justify growing tomatoes. So I suppose if you've got a nice warm greenhouse, uh, that helps with that too. Um, I'm looking at the clock here, and I'm realizing we're we're dangerously close to our tight 35. I think we I think we might be the skin of our teeth here. But I've I've got a an important question for you. Uh -huh. With with distilleries in mind in the idea of visiting said distilleries, whether they have a, a visitor center or not, but the idea of visiting them, do you have a top distillery right now that, that you want to visit? What's, what's on your bucket list? One that, one that you want to visit. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I really want to go see, um, Talisker because I know they have, mm. Uh, put a lot more money, although that's not one of the four corners. I know that they've done a lot up there. And the last time I was on Sky, I was definitely not old enough to be drinking. So I'd like to go there. And I really, really 
really, really, really want to go to the Harris distillery uh, because my grandparents lived on Harris and it's been a while yeah. since I was back up there. And that distillery is built as you bring the, as you come in on the ferry to Tarbert, the whole way in to the harbor, the distillery is over the top. So you're kind of looking at it. So oh, okay. I think that'd be pretty cool. They've just started um, offering more tours. They have a beautiful looking visitor center where they've got uh, local people doing, again, food and crafts. They have a great tie-in. Obviously, they're making their very famous Harris gin, uh, but they have they work with a lady who's um, she does aromatics. So during lockdown, she was making mm. um, amazing hand sanitizer using the gin and um, some herbs. Ooh. She's called AS Apothecary Amanda Smith, I think it is. Um, okay. So I would like to go back and and see that because I'm also part of the um, original like founders investors club. It's called the 1916, and that's a reference to Harris. Of the original uh, okay. 1916 people, 1916. Um, so that's really high on my list that I want to go to, especially while the weather's better. But for those of you who are coming to Scotland, you'll realize pretty quickly that our ferries are in a lot of trouble at the moment. So I need to um, do it when I don't have critical time deadlines to be on and off a remote Hebridean island. So those are my two that I can think of with immediacy, but I've got like an ever-growing list. Like while I'm up there, I might as well go to Nekneen and do like Rasi and, you know, like come around the top. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. I hear you. Which I think would be pretty cool. But then, of course, just before COVID happened, like literally the week that they shut the borders, we were supposed to go to Kentucky and do the Bourbon Trail. So my whiskey list isn't just... That's Scotland, which seems easy-ish. Uh, I would love to reschedule and do Kentucky. So I think that'd be really cool. So A, I agree you need to do that. Like the Bourbon Trail is awesome. Now, I haven't visited all of them, but apropos to this conversation, Wild Turkey were updating their visitor center as right. well. So I don't know if it's completed. Maybe it is, but that's something that... Uh, that I'm really keen to check out is their new visitor center. Um, I'm desperate to get to a distillery you have been to already. And that's Arden American distillery. I've said it, I've said it here before. I'll say it again. They have made my top five distilleries list. Is that a definitive that, that's, definitive list. That is a definitive list. Top five distilleries. Okay. I just, I absolutely love their spirit and what they're doing. I also think that they're, they're cool people. I like their story. Most importantly, I like their liquid. So I want to check that out. Um, and I'm really keen to get to Highland Park in part because of the distillery but mostly because I'm just desperate to get up to the Orkneys. Like I want to go to Stones of Stenness. I want to go there. I want to visit Scapa. Maybe I just want to go to Orkney and just experience what Orkney has. And then go offer. get your picture taken under the sign for twat, right? Because that was like the third thing I did on Orkney. Of course. Fact, they, get, they get that sign stolen so much that actually in Kirkwall, they have like a whole heap of merchandise you can buy with the sign on it. So you don't need to steal the sign. <sighs> for For our viewers and listeners that don't know on the Orkney Islands, the name of the town. What is it again, Jess? From Twat. your mouth to God's ears. With two T's. <laughs> so I'm not saying anything bad. Twat. Oh. You've never been to Orkney. That does surprise me. 
Yeah, just, you know, it's one of those places, it just takes the extra effort. And and if I'm being honest, every time I've gone, not every time, but the majority of times I've gone to Scotland have been with Jason and and he's just never added that to the itinerary. Oh, and, and then the times when I've not been on tour with Jason, it's been impacts related. And there's no reason for me to visit there because I don't import either either of those distilleries. So, And it's a little bit further away from Darlington than you'd like. That's an in-joke, listeners. Maybe we'll tell you in a pub one day. Maybe. You know what? I think that's a perfect place. Because actually, I just saw we, we just hit our 35 minutes. So <gasps> yes, that was a perfectly timed jab at me. <laughs> it's revenge for the Michael Caine impressions. <laughs> Michael Caine. Um, so, dear viewers, dear listeners, firstly, dear Jess, the co-rabbit Lomas, thank you so much for being my co-host yet again. It's a pleasure having you, and and I'm hoping Jason goes on holiday a bit more because it's it's just cool hanging out with you. We should, we should suggest he goes on holiday. He could go to Orkney and report from... No, 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 wait. No, we should go to Orkney. Yeah, we should go to Orkney. Back. Deal. Okay, yep. sounds Fist good. bump. <laughs> <laughs> so just want to remind people, speaking of, of uh, driver's drams, as you mentioned before, anytime you're drinking, please drink the whole bottle responsibly. That's what we always like to say. It's very and important. Most, most importantly... Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. If you are a watcher, please comment below. And most importantly, Jess, what should they be doing? You have to. So this is this I've been meaning to bring up for some time. You have to smash the subscribe button. But also importantly, you have to ring the little bell, which is down here somewhere, because then you get notifications when our things are released. Ring the little bell that's below. Is that what you yeah, said? Next to the subscribe button, there's a bell. So when you hit it, it does a little, like you've rung the bell. That, I didn't even know that that was it. When did you find out that that Dude, was a thing? Dude, I obviously, I'm part of the youths on the YouTube. I would like, youth. This yeah. is a consistent phrase that, I'm, and I'm not telling you where I'm subscribing on YouTube because they're not half as exciting as you think, but also I'll out myself as being a complete nerd. But yeah, that, that's the thing. You have to smash the subscribe button, ring the little bell to get the notifications of when our new episodes drop. All right, so now I've got to create a new banner that says smash that subscribe button and ring that bell. It sounds See? naughty. It, it all sounds naughty. That's the point. That's how you remember to do it. You're like, oh, I should... <laughs> You can get like a rolling banner that says it for you. Don't know how you make that. I'm not that good at the YouTubes. Well, I'll figure it out. All right. Jess, thank you so much for joining. Thanks Listeners, for viewers, thanks for, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll be welcoming Jason back in our next episode of, of One Nation Under Whiskey. And then, of course, an extra extra and uh, until then, uh, Jason and I always like to say, and Jess, I'm hoping you'll join us as we get out of here. We just say peace. Peace. <laughs>